Greetings and welcome back to episode number six of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. On this episode of Design Live, I have Allison of Polygon Market as my guest, and we had a really open, really real conversation about all of our social obligations in online marketing and how our brands can react to current events, something that's obviously top of mind in 2020, so I hope you enjoy our conversation. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, brand designer, creative, and social media junkie, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And I'm here to share strategies, hacks, and know-how on branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship for the online-minded small business owner. In this podcast, I'll be sharing interviews, solo episodes, and even more to help you up-level your brand by turning your visions into visuals and connecting with your ideal audience online. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to Design Live. I have Allison after Wilson the Puppy terrorized our last attempt at doing any kind of live interview situation. So I'm very grateful to have Allison back. Allison is the 50% of Polygon Market, which is another graphic design branding agency, which we will talk about as well. But really, I'm going to let you introduce yourself as the way you know best. So for anyone who doesn't know you, tell us who you are, what you do, who you help, and how you help them. Okay, so uh, hi, I'm Allison Sugahara. I am the founder of Polygon Market. It's a female-founded business, um, but I do own business with my husband. We are a creative agency based out in the South Bay area. We specialize in logo, brand design, websites, um, marketing strategy, and content creation. Sweet. And who we help, we help uh, purpose-driven businesses. I really love working with other creatives who just get that branding and putting all your feels and vibes out there is how you really truly connect with your audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we actually connected a while ago, a few years ago when I worked with you on a project, a branding project, which was really great. Um, and I love the whole idea of Polygon Market. That name is definitely sticks with you. So can you tell us how you came up with this name and how it kind of, you jumped off from that starting point? Yeah, definitely. I think I, you know this story, but it's kind of funny. Everybody kind of maybe like starts over a glass of wine and that's how mine started. We were at a wine bar, my old business partner and I um, were looking at the menu and everything was all the categories of wine and like their properties were kind of visually mapped out with polygons. And he looks at me and he's like, let's name our business polygon. And I was like, yeah, actually, because every business takes a different shape. Not all businesses are the same. That's a great concept. And then the idea of market, you know, we were thinking marketplace, we want to be a one-stop shop. You can just come here and kind of have your custom solution created. But I think I told you this too, that market ended up biting us in the butt because it's, people call us Polygon marketing, but you know, that's part of unrelated but it's definitely yeah, exactly not you've got it wasn't on. the idea but that's not our name but definitely not unrelated so it works totally I think what you and I connected on just right off the bat even a few years back when we were working together was that we both really leverage social media marketing to grow our businesses and I think so much has even changed since the two weeks that I talked to you live on Instagram and Facebook with social media marketing as brand designers and brand strategists Let's get into kind of the meat of it with how brands 
participate in and and contribute to the larger creative conversation via social media. Um, I think this is an opportunity that's striking now more than ever. And I yeah. don't even want to say opportunity because I feel like it's a responsibility at this point. Yeah. So um, you and I have been messaging pretty much back and forth about this stuff. And I think I don't necessarily have a direct question, but I'd love to kind of kick off a conversation. Yeah, around. Open the discussion for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's open it up. And, and you um, brought to the table your heritage as part of how you approach your business, which mm-hmm. I think is really fascinating. So maybe you can start there. We can go. Sure. Through. Yeah. I mean, I'm Japanese American and I grew up in a actually predominantly Hispanic um, t- um, city and a lot of my friend groups were pretty diverse growing up. So I, I really had this different kind of cultural experience within, you know, California. And then moving to Los Gatos, which is all white, mm-hmm. it was quite the culture shock. So for me, I just, I'm really grateful I have had that experience because it's a lot of what I learned from even like the point of coming to Los Gatos from a place like Salinas like aside from social media, because I know we're talking about kind of no, how you on social media, but um, I'm just thinking about when I first came here, the access to opportunity was like one of the biggest things that I noticed. And so, you know, I went from a city with all these great friends and then moving to a town where like my friend's parents have Ferraris and they're a second house in Pebble Beach, you know, just like so crazy. So for me, it just automatically became this kind of like, opportunity in a way Mm -hmm. where I just saw, wow, there's so much opportunity here. There's so much access to opportunity here. And by, with everything going on right now, specifically, I just take, you know, my experience. And like you said, it's, it's a responsibility to show up online and kind of just help point those things out, you Mm -hmm. know, because as a business owner, me moving here, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd be in the same position had I not moved to this very white affluent town. Absolutely. No, it's the same thing. I spent three years traveling and the the economic opportunities for growing a business absolutely depends on the city that you're in. And I think about this a lot now is the context of the places that I did go to visit were places that I knew I could make connections for business. I knew they had co-working spaces. I knew I could afford to go to a co-working space. I knew I could afford to live with other entrepreneurs and that those entrepreneurs also were afforded a lot of opportunities along the way as well. And it becomes this it's so almost silent that you forget that those opportunities aren't available to everyone, or at least I do. I'm not even going to generalize, but I forget that those opportunities aren't, aren't available or aren't as easy to achieve as it is for everyone across the board. And so I'm taking a much closer look now about, okay, what percentage of the population is diverse in graphic design and in entrepreneurship and in branding and marketing? And how am I helping my clients to make sure that we are being inclusive with their, on behalf of their brands mm-hmm. and that we're not a homogeneous, like ideal client avatar, right? That's that tricky thing. So how are you now taking this context of everything that's happening with, with Black Lives Matter and how is this changing your approach with your clients, if it is at all? Yeah. What's interesting too, is that I kind of fall in this like weird middle ground category where, especially moving to a white town, you know, I don't know if you've heard of, I'm sure you have the model minority myth Mm -hmm. and being this model citizen, like some minorities have it better. It's almost a way for like, I mean, there's a lot of research on it, but like how look like we've given opportunities to other minorities. So like everything's all good, you know? And for me, I've, I've already started my journey in 
like everybody's on their own journey and everybody's got a different story, a different experience. But like, I've already started my journey in like the unlearning and recognizing my privilege. So I've already had a lot of these difficult, you know, conversations around race. But the biggest thing for me was when all this happened, I felt a, it was a responsibility, but like a very deeply rooted responsibility to show up. But for me, it was also like coming out, like, because I've had lots of conversations behind the scenes within networks that I feel most comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And even in the networking groups that I'm in that are all white and maybe there's one person of color, I've even like sidebarred with those people. Like we've had separate conversations and like had separate calls and meetings, not to like talk shit, but literally to connect with one another. Like there's somebody that's kind of like me. And with everything happening, because I felt a sense of responsibility, I actually felt this like relief because I could finally come out and all parts of myself could show in the way I'm running my business, the philosophies, philosophies and how I run my business and being more vocal about that because our clients and um, the people that we work with are actually pretty diverse. And I think maybe that's because I've just naturally gravitated towards the people that are, you know, minorities or people of color. Like that's just, I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I think that's been a part of our, the way we run business, but now I've just been more publicly out about how we're doing things and And that's important. So important. And I think that there's such a, a beautiful moment happening where if you are the person that is active on social media and you have voiced your opinion about things before, not even in a charged way that this, what a great opportunity to really make it known where you stand. Yeah. And make it known what you believe in. And I think that right now, of course, is not the time, at least for me personally, to be pushing all of the business things I wanted to be pushing this week. Of course not. But it's a great opportunity for me to say, this is what I believe in. And this, I want to do business with people that believe and align with my values more than anything else, more than my competency of being a good designer is I want to work with people that align with my values. Mm -hmm. And I want people to work with me because I align with their values. And it's crazy because I think watching the news over the weekend, I felt really helpless. And I also didn't feel like it was particularly my time to be vocal. Um, So I kind of said, okay, problem solving mode, like, what can I do? I can draw, I can draw on the iPad. And so I took a few hours and was like listening to a bunch of stuff and watching the news and taking everything in and, and trying to channel it into, into some graphics and, and, and find a way to, to put my voice out there in a way that contributes to the creative conversation and doesn't keep necessarily like circulating the same thing. And I think we saw this with kind of the black square. And I get the intention and I somewhat get the execution, but then it also became, it felt like a way to like sideline having to have a stance at all. And it was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do what everybody else is doing. Yeah. What is your opinion on that? It's interesting with that too, because I followed what my black friends were doing in that kind of situation because like, and I think that's the thing too, is that maybe a lot of people haven't followed a lot of black creators before. And so now their heads are turning, trying to figure out how to show up and what to do. And they're now just recognizing that like their circle isn't that diverse or, you know, Mm -hmm. and so maybe there's part of that where, and I've had a lot of conversations with some of my black friends about being cautiously optimistic about the movement, but then now what? Like I've posted on Instagram, Mm -hmm. I've done this. So what now, what are you actually going to do? How are we going to take action moving forward? And so it's, it's like a little, it's like split in between where the people that, like I said, I posted one because 
I just followed suit. I was like, I'm going to support whatever my black friends are doing, but now how do I go beyond that? And so I have a split kind of opinion on, you know, yeah, it's like a, we'll sit back and see what happens. What are your thoughts on brands that haven't um, said or done anything? I think it's a huge mistake because who are you trying to protect at this mm-hmm. point? You know, like I don't understand. And for, for an individual, completely fine. Like I think everybody gets to authentically show up how they want to, but especially as a brand, you do have a duty and a responsibility to just show people where you stand on something like this, especially because it is a big movement on social media, particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of people also saying if it's not sincere either, then do you want like, do you want that? I don't know. But I do think it's important for brands to authentically stand up and say something. If they don't care, then that's a bummer. But yeah, I think, I think you're spot on with that. And I think it becomes a slippery slope because at least the, the eye-opening experiences I've had is the difference between being inspired by something versus appropriating something versus I'm thinking back to all the captions I've used like Lizzo lyrics for. Like, <laughs> I was like, is this what? Like, is, what, is this okay? Is this not okay? Like it's, it's, it's causing pause, which I think is really important and, and causing me to reconsider how I go about things and, and the events that I attend and the groups I join and everything like that of, is it, you kind of catch yourself like, am I just participating in an echo chamber with a bunch of people that look like me and talk like me and do what I do, right? You okay. talked about that homogeneous, like, wow, all of everyone that I follow is exactly like me and how well, you can so easily do that on social. Mm-hmm. Like you can really easily get pigeonholed into not even noticing that you're there, you aren't having opportunity, like equal opportunity for everyone. Totally. Um, but then it's striking that fine line between, okay, but I know who my ideal client avatar is as well. And it doesn't have anything to do with race, but I've never had a straight man of color on my, on design live. Mm. And now I'm just like, shit, I'm noticing that, you know, like it's coming to the surface where I'm like, okay, I haven't, I've barely had any men. The men that I have had on are flamboyantly, wonderfully gay, but it's also, it's interesting, right? Because now it's calling all that stuff up to the surface of like, okay, that doesn't mean that I I don't want to work with everyone across the board, but where is that balance, especially as a brand? Well, you I don't do know that advocate. I have the answer. <laughs> no, for sure, because you're—I, you definitely advocate for women too. So you mm-hmm. know that is part of your brand. So I think that to me, that's okay too. You know, like it. I do like having being in group discussions where there are mm-hmm. perspectives of many different people. Um, and I think that's why, like, expanding your social circles, maybe, totally. you know, but ne- not necessarily having to post about those things if it's not no. authentic to you, because. And, and, but like you're saying, living in an echo chamber in that way, that's why being able to expose yourself to different types of media and content is so important. That's why representation and inclusion are so important. Um, especially like for me, like, you know, our industry is just very white. Like that's just how it is. And I would probably, and I, it's some, there's some, some things that I'm not even aware of until I notice, you know, like I'm sidebarring with my friend you know, who's black because I feel most connected to him, even though I'm in like a group of women over here. It's just like, it's like Venn diagrams of experience, right? Yeah, exactly. And what I can liken this to, although it's like not even to the same realm is when I attended a networking group in Solana beach, I was like the youngest one there by about seven years. And so I immediately went to the next youngest person and I was like, Hey, and yeah. like did one of those, right? Because I wanted, you have this vendetta, you have this crossover of experience, whether that's age, race, gender, orientation, 
background education like whatever that is you end up it's like human it's part of the human condition i think to like blob to people that you feel like you already have common ground with whether it's spoken or unspoken yeah but that's necessarily wrong but i think it is all of our responsibility to take note of that and figure out like okay could this is this potentially detrimental to my thought process or to the information that i partake in is this detrimental to what i consume online um, or the brands I support, like all of that starts to come into play. So definitely it's good. It's a good challenge. It's a good, um, I, like I said, it's bringing up a lot of stuff to the surface that otherwise I think doesn't get talked about. Yeah. I'm excited about it for that. But I did post a TikTok to my stories today, which was just hilarious. I love that. Like, Graphic design is gonna solve racism. Graphic design, it's two hands together. And just how there can kind of be this hide behind a veil of, oh, this is our public facing statement, or this is our public facing, oh, we're gonna make a post about it and then that's it. Um, so as graphic designers, how do you bring up that conversation of inclusivity? And I have a, a very glaring example from like 2017, which I'll try to say as quick as possible without giving away too many details, mm -hmm. but it was for a solar company and they needed to do a postcard. And I sourced a stock photo of um, a couple sitting on their front porch with solar panels on the roof. And it was an African-American couple and they said, can you lighten their skin tones because that doesn't match the ideal client demo for this postcard. Oh. And I said, absolutely categorically no. And I think that's horribly wrong. And if that's what you're asking me to do, I'm not working on this project period. Yeah. My jaw's yeah. open. <laughs> yeah. like, uh... And that was 2017. And I never said or did anything about that. I kind of distanced myself from that person. And I said, I find this so horribly wrong to do. Yeah. Like it, that's, but uh, is that now an example that comes up like, or is that something where it's, that's the thing, the things that I forget, but in my six years of doing this, this is the only time that's come up, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, Oh, it's so tricky because it's, it's to me, it's so obvious when it's so wrong. But then yeah. I think, I wonder if that company went and hired another designer that did go in and Photoshop that couple out potentially or Photoshop in a different racial couple. Like my, did you say anything about, yeah. Yeah, I, I told them exactly. I said, uh, first of all, categorically, no. Yeah. And also, this is horribly wrong. Like, that, no, you don't. It's And it was tricky because the company, I don't even want to say I know where they're coming from. The company was white owner sending postcards to a very white neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so their logic was, well, we're just trying to match the people that buy from us kind of thing. And my approach was that should be a non-issue in selling solar panels. You know, but it's it's now like brands like L'Oreal are getting dragged because they've dropped their influencers who were black and said that they, and then when the influencer brought it up to the press, they dragged her through the mud. And there's been plenty of brands that just have gotten it so wrong, so wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think there's room for everybody to learn and to grow, but those are some of the things of, especially in sourcing stock photos or talking about color palettes or talking about packaging. Oh, we're going to use nude, nude packaging. Like yeah. that to me, when I say nude is the color that matches my skin, which mm -hmm. is the majority of what people associate with the color nude, but that's not everybody's nude. You know what I mean? Like oh. there are these little teeny tiny instances. So I'm wondering if you've ever had an experience like that and, and how you navigated it before. Mine have not, luckily I can't even think of anything related to business in terms of people I've worked with. I don't think I've experienced anything like that. Mine are more within the area that I live in, mm. you know, and I won't even go into detail about that, but 
it makes, you know, like for your instance, it makes a difference when somebody like you, a blonde white girl says something that's like really important because sometimes it doesn't always make that much of an impact when I say it, you know? Hmm. Um, cause I've been in situations where I see something wrong just in general. Like I said, I, I can't even pinpoint a time in my business where this has happened. It's mostly like within the town I live in, some of the people mm-hmm. that I've been around and calling something out when I see it, you know, being brave enough to do that, getting to that point. But then once I do, I, there's consequences for me because there's so much discomfort, so much guilt and shame. People don't like to be called out in that way. And they like relentlessly defend their position. So like, that's my experience. So where it's been helpful is having people like my husband, who's a white man, stick up and say something because then they shut up, you know, and it, It's frustrating that it has to be that way, but like, I'm not going to stop being vocal, but now that this movement has kind of, a lot of white people are waking up to their privilege more than I've ever seen. I've had conversations with friends that I never thought I'd have in that way. That's been really uplifting for me, you know, because that just amplifies my voice as somebody who needs to advocate and help out and be a voice and ally for the black community, you know, like somebody who's not always heard. And I had talked about this in one of my latest Instagram posts, but I'm part white, but I don't get the credibility of being a Mm -hmm. white person. So I can't get through because they don't see that we have the same experience because of the way I look. And Mm -hmm. we don't, we definitely don't have the same experience. And that's why it's so difficult to have those kinds of conversations. But having people like you stand up and say something when it's wrong, calling it out is a great start. And having those conversations is really important. And I think for anybody that's shying away from those conversations, you're missing the point. Like yeah. you're, you're supposed to feel uncomfortable. You're supposed to feel like, oh shit, like I'm really rethinking ev- everything and everything I put forward facing. And I've kind of embraced the millennial aspect of my brand. That was kind of my like secret middle finger of like, oh, millennial, we get this, this bad reputation for being lazy and avocado toast. Well, I'm going to print avocado toast on everything. Like, <laughs> Sure. You know, and I'm going to go the pink Barbie yellow and bright and in your face colors and millennial AF and just lean into the millennial bit. Cause I kind of love defying expectations in that way mm-hmm. uh, because I do support myself uh, with my business. So it's interesting because I feel like, and same with um, the women's movement women's March, I was very active on social media with all of that because obviously I can identify with being female. So yeah. that was, so when this one, when black life matter in this last week really kind of hit the surface there to me, there was no hesitation in, okay, I know that I need to contribute to this and like make it very clear. And I talked to a client of mine yesterday who's launching an inclusive, sustainable skincare line called anybody. E-N-N-I, her middle name is Annie, and um, she is a total badass, and she she was like, thank you for what you were saying on social. She's like, I really appreciate that you're coming from this perspective, and you're talking from a really personable, like, sociable, social place of sharing what your experience has been in a way that's not trying to diminish or squash anybody else, but is Mm -hmm. actually doing the opposite and really acknowledging what what this greater creative conversation is. And I think that was like so humbling as well to hear from her because she is, she, we ended up rescheduling one of our calls. Cause she's like, it's been a freaking week. She's yeah. like, I'm busted. And I don't know where to go necessarily because I feel like, again, it's this obligation of feeling and this responsibility of participating, but then also being completely inundated with 
so much emotion and just revelation. And some of these people that I've idolized in the, the digital marketing entrepreneurship space have been called out very publicly being like, yeah. no, you're not inclusive. And no, you're, you, I've been in boardrooms with you where you said, we're not having a diverse cast. Like I've been in the rooms with you where you said, oh, we're, we're pro women, pro body positivity, but everybody's going to be here. Who's is going to be a size four. Like mm-hmm. that's not, you're not consistent. And I think it's so good that this is happening. Like it's so good that this is becoming part of the like general consciousness, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I actually had, because I'm, I'm on that side of like, what do we do? How do we take action? And there's no right answer. You know, I mean, everybody should vote. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but there, like, nobody knows what to do at this point. We've never been here. Oddly, like the pandemic, like no, we're all in this zone where like nobody knows what the fuck to do. And mm-hmm. sorry, I don't know if cursing. Go for it. <laughs> um, and I think everybody again is on their own kind of journey and stage at consciousness with all of this as well, and trying to figure out how they want to show up. For us, I think starting the conversation is really important, but not just from a place of like, okay, let's have a conversation about race, but more so like, let's have discussions with people in our network. You know, we're business people. So it's like, we did, um, I did a, I hosted a discussion with my mastermind group and it's five white women, me, and then Marvin, um, a black guy. And so I called him and I was like, Hey, we obviously need to have a, a discussion about this. He's like, for sure. And I was like, I don't know where to start. He's like me either. Like, don't look at me, you know? And I'm like, I just, I want to be able to like share your story and experience because you probably have a completely different experience that nobody even knows about. And that should be, we should just share that as people who are already connected to each other. Let's start there. And he was gracious enough as well to answer questions. He's like, you know what? By the, Thursday, I'll be, I'll be okay. I can answer questions. But by opening up that door with a very tight knit group of people, we were able to have very honest, real discussion and conversation. They, everybody got to ask their questions. We all got to kind of put out on the table. What are you doing? How are you showing up? For me, it's going to be probably continuing to prompt these discussions, but also like showcasing inclusivity in my business, um, in ways of like maybe having panel discussions that showcase more people of color, but not around, it doesn't have to necessarily be around the race issue. Exactly. Exactly. Just around like your expertise. Another Mm -hmm. thing that my friend, Natalie Frank, um, who, who is the founder of rising tide society, she had some really great actionable advice as well. She said next time, um, or anytime rather I'm asked to speak at an event, I'm going to ask who's on the panel list. Like who are the speakers that you have? If it's not diverse, she's either going to give up her seat potentially, you know, like she's like, right. it's my responsibility to give up my seat to somebody I know who is an expert in this. Right. You know? Right. Or, and that's, that requires some amount of sacrifice. I think those are the kinds of things that we need to realize moving forward is a lot of us are going to have to make sacrifices that are uncomfortable, that are outside of what we know, you know, we can't. But are like, so overdue. Totally. Exactly. So overdue. And I think that was me as well. I was like, I was thinking of who, who do I know off the top of my head that are white straight women that do what I do at least a dozen. Mm-hmm. And then it was the same thing. I was like, who do I know? Who's 
who's black or a person of color that also fits what I do, like where we could be speaking in, in that kind of situation in an expert panel context. And I like, it had to take me a second. Like I really was like, wait, okay. And I'm so thankful for design live because I've been able to connect with so many people from so many different backgrounds. And I've had Keisha white, I've had, um, glam goods by Tiff. I've had, um, also Brie Jacobs and, but disproportionate to the other guests that I've had on, right? So yeah. now it's it does, it takes extra effort, but that's the do the work part. This is what they're all asking us to do. Do the work, like make the effort, make the conscious decision to be inclusive because it is easier to not, like straight up, like it is easy to fall into what's comfortable and what's not outside of your comfort zone and who's in your immediate circles. And that's where I think it's that comfort zone discomfort area that like, if that's the worst we have to go through as white people, like, come on, come yeah, on, totally. come on. That's what's so interesting about all of this. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's 30 minutes and no, no time at all on pretty much one topic. But I think um, uh, actionable advice for brands, actionable advice for graphic designers or for people in the creative community, what would you want their takeaways to be from this conversation? Actionable. Actionable. Don't be afraid to start those conversations, initiate those conversations, expand your circle in that way. Because I think, again, represent representation and inclusion really matters, especially it just matters because we all need perspectives. You don't want to be in an echo chamber anyways, but also being willing to give up your seat in those kinds of situations to pass the baton and the mic to somebody else, like speaking up, but then passing the mic. Um, also, expanding your referral partners, mm -hmm. like figuring out ways to connect with other diverse people that you could, if you can't take on this project, who are you referring? Um, and then investing your own dollars, your money into other black owned businesses. <laughs> Those are, I think these are the most actual and vote, but yeah, these are, as vote. a business owner, I think these are the most actionable things that we can do moving forward. And what we talked about before we even hit record on this podcast was if you are going to benefit from the powerhouse, that is social media marketing. It's both of our opinion. Well, it's mine. I'm going to speak for you because we've already read up on this, but it's both of our opinion that if you're going to benefit from what is set up through our social constructs around social media marketing, that you have a responsibility to be participating in this conversation. Like it is not okay to turn like nose blind to it and just be like, Oh, not for me. Like that's, not okay. And that's also for me going to write the script of who I choose to do business with. Definitely. And yeah, true colors, man. Yeah. I've, my social circles getting a little bit smaller. That's okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully bigger in other ways too, because I oh, think yeah. it's opening up a lot of really good conversation along with a lot of really heartbreaking conversation, but very necessary. I agree. Cool. For others. Absolutely. So um, I asked you this when we went live on Instagram and in the Facebook group, but what are some of your favorite ways to learn? And now, especially with this conversation, what resources are you turning to? Who's been really helpful in kind of opening up your, your brain on the whole thing um, that you could point people to? Um, I know a lot of people have mentioned Rachel Cargill. Is that mm -hmm. how you say her name? Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, I already, like, I bought the White Fragility book a long time ago. I borrowed it from my mom a long time ago. So, like, I've been on this unlearning journey. So, I don't actually know the people. I've seen the resources. I just have, like, my own circle of friends. So, I've been, like, learning and having conversations with them, even though they're fucking exhausted. Maybe I should probably stop. <laughs> 
but no, we we're just like I, these are just the people I'm like getting information from and learning from. Um, not even needing to like have conversations, but literally like whatever they're posting, I'm absorbing. Um, and then I really love the show Dear White People. It's a crazy show, but like um, I just think the nuances of all the characters are really awesome, and it just sh- to expose yourself to like other people's cultures and understand their cultures is really important. So like just as a millennial, I think that show is awesome. But I, I love learning through podcasts and books and yeah, just keep on expanding your network. I like learning through people, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So where can everybody find you, work with you, follow you, get more goodies from you? Because I know you pulled together some goodies for the Kiss My Aesthetic oh, yeah. fam. A nice little goodie yeah, bag. Plug there. that. Yeah. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram, Polygon Market. You can find me on TikTok, Polygon Market. My husband makes a guest star appearance sometimes. (laughs) And I made a goodie bag for the Kiss My Aesthetic fam. It's polygonmarket.com slash KMA fam. Perfect. Thank you. And thank you for take two of Design Live. No puppy terror. There's no puppy terrors happening. So that's that's a good thing. Um, And we will be in touch. Thanks for coming on. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For more information, please visit mkwcreative.co slash kmapod or follow along on every social media channel at mkwcreative.co. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group by the same name, Kiss My Aesthetic, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time.